Lalo. Aloha. Amen, amen. I got up with me, my in-laws. Say, how's it, in-laws? Give them a round of a clap for being up here so brave. Right, uh, you know, growing up in the islands, you know, one of the things I used to joke about, but I was serious about was I used to uh, mess with howlies a lot, yeah? I used to tease them and all that. Some of my brothers didn't remember all that stuff. But, you know, would be like God to save me and rescue me and then give me a beautiful white howly Tennessee girl, Amen. Amen, yeah? And um, if you guys don't know the science part, she is the offspring of mama and daddy over here. But uh, I wanted to introduce you guys. They've been here a couple times, and you know what? Uh, Tom and Jan is real dear to my heart. Before, way before Lane and I even started thinking about courtship, uh, Miss Jan, when I first came, got saved and got into ministry, Miss Jan was our church plant secretary in Las Vegas for many years. And in fact, I came as green as Hawaiians can be in mainland. Can I get a witness up there, right? I came in, and I don't know if I use computer, you know, I, the, the typewriter skills, you know, from Hilo High days and all that. But Miss Jan taught me everything I know about the computer inside out, and she was just a great foundation of teaching me how to do ministry. And then Tom did a lot of the AV stuff and media stuff for the church. And I want, you guys know some of their story. We all met in Las Vegas. The Lambs are from Tennessee, Middle Tennessee. I'm from the islands. And we met in Sin City, Las Vegas at a church plant called Hope, amen, Hope Church, right? And all that. And what what I want to do is I just want to ask them two questions, right? And it's however you guys want to go about that question. And those two questions are simple. What does it mean to follow Jesus, and what does that look like practically? Well, practically, I think following Jesus is a lot about sacrifice. Uh, the song we just sang, we talked about Jesus dying and rising again, conquering death, hell, and the grave. Um, so the first step in our Christian walk is we've got to die to ourself. Um, you know, uh, what we want to do and what we... Uh, our plans, uh, they get changed. They get molded to what God wants us to do and uh, what his will for our life is. So uh, Christian life really becomes about obedience, and sacrifice, and, uh, and following and trusting him. How would you, how would you share that? Or the first que- well, second question. He took the second question, right? <laughs> I really don't know what to add to that. Um, I was thinking more practically, but just giving of everything. Um, You can't hold back. There's not a portion of your life you can say, okay, God, you can have everything but this. Um, Because we tried to do that. Um, We said, okay, God, you can have everything, but we want to stay here in Tennessee on the family farm in this little house we built. And God said, huh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so he moved us 1,800 miles away from everything we knew um, for three little boys. Mm. I mean, that was the end result, was so three little boys could now have a home. So following Jesus to me is those boys. Yeah, um, 
so I think one of the spiritual gifts these, this couple has is uh, generosity. They are a giving couple. Um, we have experienced the fruits of that. And, um, you know, when they say sacrifice, I mean, they, they're saying leave your culture. Leave, leave what you're used to, like you said. But one thing, I hope you guys hear them, how when they say three little boys, they have to give up their only child. Their only daughter. Tom is a single uh, child as well, only child. And so that's two generations of only child. And so Tom, you know, understands this position. And, and Ms. Jan, you know, it's, it's crazy. Ms. Jan and I, we come from similar backgrounds and all that, but a very dysfunctional religious family, you know, religious family. But, you know, we, it's not till we've made the move to Sin City that we saw Grace City, you know, God's grace and God's love. Uh, and uh, it was an amazing journey. Um, you know, you said that, boys, you know, at, at the end of your life, when you take your last breath, uh, some say kick the bucket, you know, how do you want to be remembered? All right? How do you want to be remembered when you take your last breath? That's having, giving, having given everything mm. for God. Mm. Yeah. Obedient. Mm. And I think that's what came to my mind last night when we were working on the social media. God's glory, our reward. God's glory. Would you stretch your hands to the Lamb Ohana right now? What a joy to sacrifice. Our sacrifice is easy compared to the sacrifice of Christ. And God, we pray right now in Jesus. Would you agree with me right now? We, we pray right now in Jesus' name that they would see the fruit of your labor in their hearts and in their life. And God, we pray boldly in the name of Jesus that when the devil attacks their heart, you will be right there to protect them. You'll be right there, and they will know that. Not by a feeling, not by experience, just by faith. They will trust in you. And God, we thank you for the model of the gospel as we live out this new year, the first Sunday of 2018. May this be the game changer for every family and individual's life in this room today. And God, may you get all the glory. May you get all the glory, God, which is our reward. You being satisfied because of your glory being expanded. I think of Isaiah 42, 12, the verse of our, for our church. Let them give glory to the Lord and proclaim his praises. Say it with me. In the islands. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In God's Ohana says. Now that emotional part is done, let's get on. Amen? Amen. How many of you have started your New Year's resolution? Anybody? Raise your hand. Be honest. All right, let me ask that question again, all right? How many of you have set goals for 2018? Amen? Right on. How many of you, if you would be so honest to say that you have already backslid and failed in some of those areas, right? Can I get a witness in this house, right? Let me tell you what. 
You know, you guys heard me last Sunday. I was excited about 2018. And right when we started 2018 on Monday, I got sick. And you know me, this Hawaiian, I'm going to wait. My doctor come back next week. I'm going to wait and then we'll check. Man, it became Friday and I hacked out a lung couple times this week, all right? Come to find out I had an ear infection and bronchitis and they believe I've had it for a couple weeks after looking into my symptoms and all this. And praise God, I am highly medicated this morning. <laughs> in Jesus. What are you guys thinking, eh? And all in Jesus. But, but listen, listen to me. That's what happens in life. We go through these goal settings, and then sometimes we can't obtain those goals, and we fail, and sometimes we beat ourselves up, or sometimes we blame other people for it. You know, but the reality is, what that does, it still gives us a benchmark ahead of us to keep going forward, all right? And we come to a text in our verse-by-verse study through the book of Acts, where Paul has been on his missionary journey for over 25 years. Everybody say, wow, right? Act like you're engaged this morning, right? For over 25 years, he went on three different missionary journeys. He finally arrived to his final missionary journey. He's going all through Ephesus, which is modern-day Turkey, and he has experienced so many obstacles in reaching his goal of advancing the gospel as far as he can west from Jerusalem, and he has reached it all the way to Macedonia, but he had encountered many costs. You see, in life, we're going to encounter costs, and when I talk about life, I talk about the Christian life. We're going to encounter costs, and listen to me, if you're not encountering a cost, you're not living right. If it doesn't cost you anything, listen to me, you may have to evaluate your life today. The Christian life is not about you sowing your royal oats. The Christian life is giving it all for the glory of God. Your time, your energy, your resources, everybody. There's going to be a lot of churches today around America talking about making a better you. All right? That's what a lot of free churches today is going to talk about how you can be a better person. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. The opposite of that, I'm going to say how you can be a worse person, okay, so, that, so greater is he can be better through you. you. You did not hear me today. The goal is not about humanity characteristics. The goal is about holiness, godly character. And what we've encountered in our study is that Paul suffered for the cause of Christ. He was shipwrecked three times in up to chapter 20. He was beaten many times, almost to the point of death. He struggled through life. His health went wrong because he couldn't eat. He starved himself for the gospel. He didn't make a lot of money as we've seen. He was a tent maker. You know how long it took to make a tent 2,000 years ago? Long time. You can't go to Walmart. And buy a $20 single man tent, especially for you big Hawaiians like me. We don't need no single tent. We need a mansion tent, right? For me, it's that 20 by 20 thing we put up all the time. Here's the reality. It's going to cost you something. Following Jesus is about suffering. It's about suffering. There's these messages where people are saying, live your best life now. You know what was God's best life? Giving up his son, his substitutionary atonement for mankind who did not deserve us, 
And then what we have to realize and recognize that God is still good despite our struggles because when we suffer, our hearts is in tune with the only man God who can rescue us from our sufferings, Jesus. And so we're kicking off a new series through our verse-by-verse study through the book of Acts calling Rising Tide, Taking the World by Storm. So be ready, all right? For the next few months, we're going to go through this series and we're going to ask God one question. God, in 2018, how would you want me to live this life called faith? God, how would you want me to live this life called faith? And if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 20? And would you stand with me in the reading of God's word? And as you stand, would you prepare your hearts continually to receive from the Lord? In the first six verses, the author Luke writes these words about their journey throughout Macedonia and Greece. And Luke says this, after the uproar ceased in Ephesus, Paul sent for the disciples. And after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for where? Macedonia, the gateway to Europe. When he had gone through those regions and had given them much encouragement, you see that word again, encouragement? He came to Greece. There he spent three months. And when a plot was, and when a plot was made against him by the Jews, as he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. So Potter, the Berean, son of Phereas, accompanied him. And of the Thessalonians, Archicus and Secudes and Gaius and Der- of Derby and Timothy. And the Asians, which not Asia, China, but Asia, Macedonia, right before Macedonia, Tychicus and Torophimus, these went on ahead and were waiting for us at Troas in Turkey. But we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, also known as Passover, and in five days we came to them at Troas, where we stayed for seven days. God, so much history so much context, also so much theology. Help us to embrace you today. Whatever is blocking us from having an intimate love relationship with you today and fellowship with you, would you handle it, God? We give it to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's Ohana says, amen. You may be seated. There's one huge thing that comes out of this text, and it's this. That, God, that we see the value of Christian diversity. It's up on the screen. The value of Christian diversity. God is a God who's diverse. Amen? In fact, I was, a year ago, I have to admit, you know, because from my mom's side, my mom told me growing up, this is all the nationalities and ethnicities I was growing up. My dad's side would say, no, bro, you're just Hawaiian, Filipino, Italiano, all right? That's all you are. So I cannot trust both of them. And my mom been passed away, has passed away over 10 years ago. So what I did is I was one of those buggers. I signed up for Ancestry.com, right? 
I paid $100, and what they do, they send you a, a, a box with a valve in it, and you spin in it, you tape it up, put the bugger back in the box, and you send them out, and you wait four to six weeks for your results of what background you've come from, ethnicity-wise, nationality-wise. And I want to show you on the screen what I found, okay? You may not be able to see it uh, if you got binoculars today. Amen. Praise the Lord. If not, I'll let you know what's going on. So I found out that the main region that I was from was Polynesia. I mean, that's obvious, right? It was Polynesia. But what I did not know Hawaiians, get this out, my primary Polynesian bloodline was not Hawaiian, but Tongan. I'm a Toko, baby, all day long. Yes, sir. And so, and then the second part was in Hawaiian, a Samoan. Oos, baby, come on, I'm a oos. And then finally, I got the Kanaka Maole, baby, coming in. Yes, sir. All right? 57%. So I think I qualify for Hawaiian homelands based on that report. Amen. And then I realized that I got 13% Asia East region. So that could be Japanese, Chinese, Vietnamese, all that stuff and all that. And then I have 13% of European South. So they based that off being Sicilian. Tomaselli. Is from Sicily and all that. A family that we don't really know because my dad was an illegitimate child and grew up in the, um, the orphanage and all that. And then later we found out that there's many more contests. We got like 1% Jewish. Hallelujah, right? We see that 1%. Get this out. Get ready. I'm a brother too, bro. You know, 1% North African, bro. You know what I'm saying? Come on. I'm, I was wondering why I was good in sports growing up, you know? I don't know what happened now. You know, you know I, got, I, got, I got 1% Native American. Can I get away? Right? I got it, baby. I got it. And just to make, make Kahu Marcus feel good about himself, right? I got 2% of Spanish blood in me. Now, now, you may say, what does this have to do with the message? It has everything to do with it. Because listen to me. What we see in this text is diversity. We see so many things, but we see diversity. I want to give you two points out of our text, and we'll be piled today. All right, number one, God values diversity. I should hear some amens up in this room, right? Say that with me. One, two, three, God values. Say it again. One, two, three, God and we see specifically in the word of God that God values diversity in three ways. Number one, through creation. Genesis 1, God creates the heavens and the earth. Diverse. In Genesis 1, we see God created the sun and the what? The moon, right? Diverse, right? Lights. In Genesis 1, we see the land, the water, the different kind of animals, right? We see all this. God is a diverse God. And ultimately, God, God created space. Matter, mass, planets, time. God created that. But also we realize that God created the greatest creation through Jesus. Mankind. Mankind. Have you noticed that there are fallen angels that would never be redeemed by Jesus? But there's fallen men that Jesus will redeem. Why? Because God values mankind, and God values diversity. Number two, here's another way. He, he does it through the Trinity. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, though they are one, they have diverse roles in being one. 
The Father is the giver. The Father, the Father role is the creator. The Son is the life. The Holy Spirit is the giver of life. We see a diverse roles in one Godhood. We see this, that they have distinct roles, all right, but diverse from one another, but operates as one deity. God is good. And we see, lastly, that he does it through how he works. Can I get a witness there, right? How many of you can share a testimony this morning how God is working or has or will work in your life? Can I get a witness, right? I mean, there's a reason to come to church every Sunday, decked up. With your greatest slippers, local slippers, and shorts, and tank top. I feel that sometimes, because as a pastor, I don't can wear that sometimes, but I feel comfortable today, right? Slacks with some ghetto blue shoes right on there. The reality is, here you go, listen to me. The joy of diversity is that God values diversity, and God values you. There's so much truth in that, and how he does it is through how he works. God uses diverse Diverse activity to draw you to Christ. We see it all through scripture. God used animals. In the Bible, he used a donkey. God used rocks to cry out to him. God used people to cry out to him, his greatest creation in Jesus. God uses different works like conversations. Okay, some conversations may not be all that godly, right? Some of you may not be on the biblical conversation today. You probably, like me sometimes when I go to conferences and you're looking at your, the score of the playoffs today, huh? And all that. You know, wishing that Mariota did not throw himself a touchdown yesterday, right? And all that Chiefs won. And that's the you know, conversations, experience. God uses all of that through how he's worked. But ultimately, God uses his word through relationships, through men with with man, real men and women and child with real problems in real time. God uses all that, and he celebrates that through diversity. And specifically in our verses today, God value, values the diversity of people groups. I mean, when you look at it, you got people from Greece, Macedonia, Berea, Thessalonica, Philippi, Troas. You know when Howleys come here? And they always make fun of our street names, like they cannot pronounce it. Could you imagine me earlier this week trying to pronounce all these brothers' names in this book? Hawaiian, all right? I never teasing one Howley again about saying Kamehameha, you know? That's the real, or humu humu nuku nuku apua'a, all right? I'm never going to tease them. Man, those words were tough. I probably botched it, all right? If I listen to the recording later and see that I botched it, forgive me, all right? You guys got my heart, all right? But God values diversity. Therefore, God values all people of the earth. And I would say this to you. That if you want to see yourself grow in Christ, the way you measure your growth in Christ is that the people you're connected with doesn't look like you. If people look like you, you don't celebrate what God celebrates. Remember in Revelation, it says that John saw God seated on his throne. And around the throne was every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And you, Hawaii, has no excuse. Why? Because you live in a multicultural island system. 
This culture is filled with people from all over the world. And if we want to grow in Christ, the way we measure our growth in Christ is what do our friends and people that we're connected with look like. Now, I'm not just saying the color of the skin, but I am saying partially the color of the skin. But I also saying socially, academically. Listen to me. You guys ready for this one? Sexually, preferences. God celebrates all this. When, how, listen to me. The joy of being connected with all these different people. Even people that smoke pakololo, you got to love them to Jesus. I love Uncle Will. Thank you, Uncle Will, for being honest. Right? That's been the greatest fight, right, in the churches today. Listen to me. Here's the one thing we have in common. You ready? Sin. You cannot save yourself from sin. There's only one person can. That's Jesus. And when we have commonality in that sin, we will have commonality in a redeemer who is Jesus. But listen to me. That doesn't give you a card to do whatever you want. If you've truly experienced the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you want to be different. You want to be different. You want to live different. Why? Because God is better than anything else. There's joy in that. And God gives diversity for us to experience it. He says he loves the world in John 3, 16. For God, so what? Love the world. Not just the Hawaiians. Thank God he didn't just love the Hawaiians. Hello? We wouldn't go nowhere. Only one, okay. Romans 5, 8 says, while we were sinners... Not the Romans, just the Romans. Well, we all were sinners. Everyone around the world. Christ died, help me out, for us. Acts 10 says this. Truly I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, every nation, all people, every nation, anyone who fears God and does what is right in him is acceptable to him. I'm passionate about this today if you didn't know. Psalms 35, 27 says this, Great is the Lord who delights in the welfare of his servants, servant globally. If we just look at America as the end goal of the gospel, we've missed out on the totality of the message of Christ. America is not the model for Christianity. You know what nation is? You ready? Iran. Iran, one of the most persecuted nations in the world, is the fastest growing Christian nation today. People's heads are being cut off. Women are being defiled by, uh, by Islamic rules and regulations. Children are growing up to hate their parents so that Christianity can be abolished. But listen to me, it's just like God to use persecution as a gateway to glory. Why? Because God values diversity that all the peoples of the earth Hawaiian Spanish English Caucasian whatever you want to call it right Japanese all the world would come to know him as Christ and look we know that all the world will not receive him as Lord and Savior but that's not our goal our goal is just to be faithful with the gospel Faithful with the gospel through diverse connections, diverse relationships. Here's a biblical truth. We must remember that God's love for all people begins and ends with the beautiful sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It's not about your best life now. It's about God's best life now through you. 
The goal of Christ being able to live diversely through our lives. And here's the warning. Listen to me. Here's the warning. Although God values diversity, he does not value perversion. Although God values diversity, he does not value perversion. What do I mean by that? Not all diversity is of the Lord. Not all diversity is of God. This world has a history of perverting that which God made good, holy, and sanctified. Look at how the Bible describes this sort of perversion in diversity. You ready? Say, I'm ready. I may be stepping on some beliefs today, but this is what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Let's stop right there. That's pretty black and white, right? Do you not? It's a question, but it's a rhetorical question. It's saying, do you not know? Hawaiian, pay attention. Do you not know that the unrighteous, the ungodly, the perverted people will not inherit Jesus? Now, when we look at the kingdom of heaven, we think of this mystic feel and this mystic location. The kingdom of heaven is not about a location. The kingdom of heaven is about a king. The kingdom of heaven is about Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is about Christ. Not your best life now. Your best life now, you know what is? Filthy rags based on, based on the prophet Isaiah. Nothing in you is righteous apart from Christ. And what God does in Christ, he does what only he can do to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Atones for your sin. And he covers you and he makes you whole. Look at what he says. He goes on. Do not be deceived. Here's the perversion. Neither the sexual immoral. Those who have sex out of wedlock. Or any kind of immoral morality. Nor idolaters, false worshippers. No adulterers, sexual immorality again. Nor men who practice homosexuality, even women, nor thieves, nor the greed, no greedy, no drunkards, no revilers, no swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. You need to give God glory for that right there. Yeah. Now you're evaluating your, you're evaluating your life right now. Talk about Resolution Sunday, huh? <laughs> like, you're going to evaluate your life, you're going to look at that. And listen to me, as a follower of Jesus, you cannot say you follow Jesus and you only agree with some of the Bible. You're going to fall miserably. And listen to me, some of you here, you haven't heard truth so long, and I say this all the time, that now that you're hearing truth, like, you, you feel condemned. Listen to me, don't feel condemned, feel inspired. The word that I use is Conviction. You know, conviction is a gift. Tell your neighbor that. One, two, three. Conviction is a gift. You know why? Unlike any other judge, when you are convicted of your sin, guess what God does? He takes it for you. He takes it for you. In a normal judicial system, nobody will take your sin away from you. You murder, you do the time. You steal, you do the time. You do anything that is perverted or wrong, you do the time. And God in his infinite grace says, I'll do it for you. And not only that, because I know you fall short of me, I'm going to continue to do it through you till I inherit you into my kingdom. God values diversity. And I love what this says later on in the text. It says this, but you... Tell your neighbor, but you. Like, point the finger. Like, you can't point today. But you. But you. Listen, that's you. He's talking about y'all, us, 
All right? Us crazy Hawaiians and everybody in here, right? He says, but you, listen to me, you were washed. I need to hear more amens than that in here this morning. You were washed. You were sanctified. Listen to me. What does that mean, sanctified? You are being made in the likeness of Jesus. It's saying this. Hey, Hawaiian, I may not be perfect now, but God who is perfect is living out the perfection through my life as I grow in him. You are being sanctified today. You're washed. You are sanctified. And hallelujah, you were justified, meaning you've been made pono. Hawaiians, pono. What does pono mean, Hawaiians? Right. You've been made right with God. You've been justified by God. How? In the name of, say with me, the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Shout out amen if you believe that. That's the joy. God celebrates diversity. And here's the simple truth number two, and we be proud. We should value diversity. We should value diversity. Why? Because God values diversity. If God rescues us, if God lives in us, then our lives is not a reflection of us per se, but now a reflection of Christ. So what God values, we value. If God values sexual means through the right process, we should value sexual means through the right process. If God values the way he talks, we should value the way we talk. If God values the way he manages his money, then we should value the way we manage our money. If God values all this, why not we value all that? He is God, remember? It's no longer I who live, but Christ who what? Lives through me. God values diversity. We should value diversity. If God loves all the people of the earth, we should love all the people of the I know it sounds so simple saying it, but it's hard. It is hard. Why? Because we are a bunch of jokers up in this room. We are a bunch of jokers up in this room. We like to blame and point the finger at everybody else but here. To make us feel better about our sin. We like to blame everybody else but here. And the reflection of Christ in heaven when we go into this kingdom is not going to be, oh, how's brother was when you was down there? No, it's going to, how you was, bro? Sister, how you was, how did you live life? How did you steward your children? Did you just pawn them off with the grandparents and you did your partying thing? How are you living your life? Are you more focused on, on what's coming in? Are you so focused and consumed on how people perceive you versus how I, God Almighty, perceives you? Are you so worried? Well, you live in a free country when Iranians are being slaughtered for the cause of Christ. And then we take Sunday lightly and we don't join with the fellowship of the saints and we don't gather together during the week. You know, Ohana groups, you know, we don't do nothing about the gospel except on Sunday because we are so free in this nation. It's become our curse. The gospel of Jesus is more about you. The gospel of Jesus is not even about you. It's about the name that is tagged on to the gospel of Jesus. Jesus. And thank God that he has allowed us to be a part of his story. We should value diversity because God values diversity. And this is lived out through people groups, how we are connected with people groups. Look at what 1 John says about true Christianity. It says, this is the message we have what? Heard. Say it again with me. Heard. 
I hope you're hearing today, right? You're listening. This is the message we have heard from who? Him. Who's him? Jesus, God. And also, we don't just listen, but we also what? Declare to you. This is what we've heard, right? Meaning we've obtained it, we've received it, we confirmed it, and now this is the message we tell you about, Hawaiians. It says this, God is what? Light. In Jesus, there is no what? Darkness at all. Can I get a witness out there, right? But listen to me. Listen to me here. Watch this. But if we claim to have fellowship with Christ and yet walk in darkness, darkness is all the perverted things we just talked about in 1 Corinthians, we lie and do not live out the truth. But, everybody say that word. Man, you just got to love that word. I love big butts, right? All you perverted minds in there, right? Well, Kahu, you, you, you set yourself up for that, Kahu, right? Like, you should love those three words every time you see it. It's a measure of God's love for humanity. He says this, look at me. But if we walk in the light, kuleana, responsibility, but if we walk in the light, you know, that which we have heard and we proclaim, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. Stop right there. The reason why people don't have fellowship, hold on. The reason why Christians stop fellowshipping with one another is because there, a, there is a rooted issue. They have no time with God. And it's easy to live the opposite of that. To have no time with God, but fake it and have time by just coming to Sundays. And that is the extent of your spirituality. Listen to me. You want a girl? You want a 2018 to be different? This is what the word said now. Then your priority has to be your intimate love relationship with Jesus. Because if that is truly a priority, this right here is automatic calling. This is an overflow. It's not hard to gather. And I'm not just talking about this. A lot of you are connected in Ohana groups. You guys have lives beyond this facility, beyond these, this growing. You guys will do camp together. You guys will go to games together. You guys will go to movies together. And listen to me. You guys will be living life just in the name of Jesus. And this city, 1% of it will be reached in three years from now. Hawaiians, because we have fellowship with the Father. But we deceive ourselves when we continue to walk the opposite of what the Father is through Jesus, light. Amen? The message we proclaim does not change, but, if, but it's a message that impacts the people of the earth. If Ohana Church exists and all we do is reach local Hawaiian brothers and sisters, reach local people, we're not a gospel-centered church. If everyone in this room only worries about themselves, their, only soul, their own soul, and it doesn't extend 
to outsiders, other souls, we're missing out on the totality of the gospel. You're breathing, but you're not living. You're just going through the motions of church. But we should value diversity because God values diversity, and we should celebrate it every Sunday. I tell our, I tell our worship team, one of the things we've got to be better at is our music. If all we hear is passion and an elevation music, that's the extent of the people we'll reach. But hey, it's not bad to add, to add in some old rugged cross. Can I get a witness some older people out there, right? It's not bad to get in some island trend in here, you know, that we used to play. And look at it. It's not about the styles, but God is a diverse God. You know, in heaven, there's not going to be just, you know, oh, happy day, electric distortion guitar. <laughs> I promise you. They're going to be like places in Tennessee where I was. And they're going to be like suit and tie and like down at the cross where my Savior down, you know. I mean, they're going to be like traditionalists. They're going to be all that. Why? Because God is a diverse God. He loves diversity. He creates diversity. And look, at, here's, the, here's the biggest deal, okay? As we look at this, as Paul celebrated diversity, I want to answer this question. How do we celebrate diversity? Well, look at what Paul said in the text. He said it a couple times. He encouraged people. Look at your life this week. Did you encourage people this week? Now, I'm not saying encourage them to gloat in themselves. Did you encourage them the way Jesus encourages us? Do you encourage them? The proper word for encouragement in our verses today is the two compound words being having exhorted out of the Greek. Meaning, were you intentional and purposeful? The translation in application view is have you called them up? Have you made initiation to call them up and be purposeful about that call to encourage them? Or did you just wing this week not being intentional to serve others? The gospel of Jesus is being intentional. Having exhorted one another, Paul went from city to city, town to town. And the biggest challenge to practicing encouragement in our Christian life is in direct connection with our view and understanding of the church. God did not save you. Listen to me. God did not save you to sit on it. God saved you to share it. Let me say it again. Okay? God did not save y'all, all right, as they say in Tennessee and Texas, to sit on it. God saved you to share it. Share what? The message and the proclamation of Jesus Christ. The hope of glory. My mentor, Philip Nation, who was here, said this. He says, the church does not exist for you. You are the church existing for God's glory and mission to redeem the people of the world. I want you to meditate on that. God rescued you not to benefit yourself. God rescued you to benefit the people of the earth. The Asians, the Europeans, the African, the crazy North Americans, the, the South Americans. By golly, I heard there's going to be a community in Antarctica pretty soon. Them too. God has called you to be an encouragement of the souls. Having exhorted. As I think of that question, as I think of the question, when I take my last breath, how do I want to be remembered? And, and I'm not trying to be over humble. 
I would pray that they don't remember me at all. After reading the text of Scripture, understanding Scripture, I pray they don't remember me at all. I pray they remember the message of Christ. And I think that's consistent with time. Time says we won't remember three generations behind us. When we leave, three generations in front after us will not remember us. Why? Because I think God has a plan. And that plan is not about mankind. It's about his glory, which is our reward. Which is our reward. So, so here's the application process, right? What does this look like for Ohana Church? I, wanna, I want you to encourage your people in these ways. Number one, pray for them. Pray for them. Number two, fellowship with them. Hang out with them. Have some good time with them. In fact, I would even say when you hang out with them, be intentional about those hangouts. Don't just talk football. If the conversation allows, talk about Jesus. Why? Because that's the conversation that will win their hearts to the king, right? Thirdly, bless them. Don't be the one that's always receiving. This is one of the reasons why I encourage people that if they possibly can, get off of government assistance. Because what happens is that cases have shown that people have made a career of getting on government. And so what happens when it comes to living generously in the community, it's hard because they, they depend on a government to fund them and to support them. Now, if you're on that, don't feel bad about it. It's reality. I thank God that we have a system that can provide that. But the reality is God hasn't called us to receive. He's called us to give. Do you know that the one thing God tells us to receive, right, that is bigger than anything, is him, is him? And then we see later on in Acts, next week, couple weeks, we'll read this. Paul says this. He says what Jesus said in the New Testament, for it's better to give than to receive. Why? Because when we give, specifically sacrificially, we showcase Christ in a way we could never showcase him in, in the first place. So give, bless. Lastly, serve with them. Some of you are getting it. Like, don't just take people to church. Take them to where you're ever at, where, where you, you are. Because if your communication is about Jesus, guess how they're going to start talking? Like you. So some of you are thinking about, oh, man, i got to change the way I talk. i got to change the way. Always serve with them. Go, go. Serve on the football team. Go serve on the baseball team. Go serve in MMA. Go serve, I don't know, you got like walking around Lilio Kalani. I don't know. Walk, do something. Serve. Get involved somewhere. Go camping. Do some things. Why? Because it's in the process you get to show them what it means to serve like Jesus serves. Application. All this will help us value Christ and value people. How should we respond today? Was the team as... Micah and Brian come up, they're going to start playing. The best way to start 2018 is looking to Christ. And the way we celebrate Christ in, in the New Testament way is through the Lord's Supper. This is serious for me. Because the Bible says that before Christ took the cross, the night before, he began one of the ordinations that we would practice till today, 2,000 years later. Now, this is what I would ask you. If you're not a believer in Jesus, you don't have to take this. If you're unsure that you're a believer in Jesus, don't take it. It's okay if you don't take it. 
But I will tell you this. You can be a believer in Jesus by accepting the gospel today. Repenting of your sins and trust. And if that's you, praise God, we celebrate in your salvation today. And you partake in what Christ did for you in the Lord's Supper. But secondly, you would say you're a follower of Jesus. But your heart is perverted. You've struggled with your relationship with God. You've not repented of your sins. I would encourage you not to take it then. Unless you repent to God today to take your burdens. To take your Opala, your Pilakia right now. And if that's the case, take it. But if you take it, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, if you take it in an unworthy manner, people have been cursed by it. In the New Testament history, we've heard that people have died right on the spot. We've heard people have got sick. We've heard people have struggled. And most of all, their heart became hard. <coughs> and eventually, never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And just going through the motion. And that's the thing I want to encourage you parents who are raising children up in the church. Make sure you identify that it's not about going to church. It's being the church. Totally different. So we're going to all stand right now. And we're going to sing this song. Kahu Marcus and Connie will be at the front. I'll be down there with them. For some of you that need prayer, come down quickly. The altar is open. Come to the altar. Come down. Or you can be where you're at. You don't need them. You can stay where you're at and ask God to forgive you. And make right with God by just confessing your need for him. And as this is going on, two things that's going to happen. We're going to sing, we're going to worship, and our usher is going to pass out our elements. And hold on to those elements till we're finishing singing the song. But would we go to God right now, God in your precious name.